0: This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. So we are continuing our Welcome to the Family series. This is week three of four. So next week we'll we'll end the series. uh, And we've been here for the past two weeks. And essentially what we're doing in this series this Welcome to the Family series, is we're going through sort of four main pillars of our mission, four main pillars of sort of who we are as a church, and if you want like a little bit of a review on it, it's right there on that banner. It says respond, relate, redefine, and remake, and so these are kind of the four things that we uh, cover in CC101. These are the four things that sort of drive who we are as a church, and so Rich shared in week one about respond. And he shared about worship and how worship is more than just uh, coming together on a Sunday morning, right? Worship is a response to God. And he said the appropriate response to encountering God is a life of worship, a lifestyle living in response to him through that lens. And so in week two, last week, I shared about Relate and talked about ministry and evangelism and how we are to relate to other people. And I said the main thing that 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 the main takeaway from last week is that we are called, as Christ followers, to love all people like God loves all people. Right? We're called to see all people like God sees all people. We're to love all people like God loves all people. And so if you missed either one of those weeks, you can catch them on our podcast at centralchurch.cc slash podcast. Last week's message is not up yet uh, to my own fault. It'll be up tomorrow. Okay, a little bit of grace there. Thank you. Uh, but this week, we are continuing our series, and we are talking about redefine. And redefine it has a lot to do with community, it has a lot to do with the interpersonal relationships that we have in our lives, the people that we identify with, the, uh, the group in which we are connected to. A lot of the the, the redefined principles come through Through um, community. And so the way that plays out here at church, you know, each week I've shared with response, with respond, we talked about we do songs of praise and adoration. We respond through giving, right? That's sort of our response. Last week I talked about relate as ministry and evangelism. We serve each other, and that's being part of a serve team. It's serving in the community, doing the events that we have, all these things. That's how we do it. The way that we sort of embody this new identity, this redefining in our community is through baptism. Baptism is the way that we do it here at Central. And there's actually baptism sign-ups at the Welcome Center if you uh, are interested, you've never been baptized before, and you would like to be baptized. It's really, really like an awesome celebration the way we do it here at Central. Uh, there's nothing hocus-pocus about the water or anything like that. It's essentially an outward expression of what God's doing inside right? There's a new birth taking place inside of you. There's this, God's doing a new thing. God is doing a work in your life. And so you want to take that public and say, you know what? I'm in. This is real. But here's the deal. Back in the first century, when you were baptized into the way, which is oftentimes what it's referred to as following Jesus back in the first century, when you were baptized into the way, it means that you were identified as a Christ follower, it means that your identity, your social status, your per, the people's perception of you shifted and changed when you were baptized into this new way of following Christ. Your identity was now wrapped up in your relationship with God. And so your identity, uh, your community, your relationships, the way that you did life, the way that you viewed life, the way that you approached life, the way that you responded to life, the way that you lived life, all of that was, was defined by your relationship with God. And so it, it sort of shifted who you were as far as your identity. And so um, we talk all the time around here about how important our influences are, right? We talk about this all the time, how important your community is, how important your people, your sphere of influence, your group, your friends, how important, um, you know, all of these things are for you. We, we talk about this all the time. We talk about how uh, your friends have influence over you. And that influence influences you, right? We, we say the quote all the time, um, show me your friends and I'll show you your future, right? You've heard that, if, especially if you've been around the teenagers at all, that's a big one that we throw around. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. That's where you're headed are the people that you're hanging out with, right? Because they impact us, they influence us, they lead, guide, and direct us whether we want them to or not. That's the reality of it. And so we talk all the time about our community of people. We talk all the time about our friends, about the people we associate with, about, you know, the people we're allowing to speak life in us and how we need to do it on purpose, And intentional. Because you're going to do life with people, right? It's just—it's—it's part of our nature. It's how we're created. It's who we are. We're relational beings. So we're going to do life with people. Don't let that happen on accident. You know? Don't get 5, 10, 15 years down the road and be like, oh, crap. Look where I am because I've been hanging out with this, that, and the other and allowing this person to speak in my life and that person to speak in my life. And I haven't done it on purpose. So just all these voices are just inundated with information and people's ideas and, and perspectives. And that's what's driven you. Rather than being like, whoa, 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 let me shut all this other stuff down and actually allow what I want to speak into my life speak into my life. Does does that make sense? So we talk about that all the time. We talk about how important community is all the time because here's the deal. Our faith journey is not meant to be traveled alone, okay? Your fellowship of Jesus is not meant to be done by yourself, In in, uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God refers to himself as plural, right? As it's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's the whole doctrine of the Trinity and all that. That God is a communal being. God is a relational being in and of his own nature is community, right? And so then in, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16, when he starts talking about let's create, he says, let us create man in our image, Right? That it's this relational activity and that we are born and created in the image of God who is, a created, who is a relational being in and of his nature. So therefore, we are relational beings. It's how we're wired. It's how we're crafted and created and designed. And so who we do life with is so, 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 so important. And that's sort of why it's one of the pillars of our, our defining of who we are. One of the pillars of our mission. And so I want to spend a few moments just kind of breaking that down this morning and looking at at redefining ourselves in light of Jesus, right? Redefining ourselves in light of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. So let's pray together, uh, and then we'll unpack this a little bit. God, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you so much for the time that we get to spend together as a faith community, the time that we get to spend singing songs and opening your word, allowing it to speak truth to us, the time that we get to spend in the lobby just hanging out, the time that we get to spend serving all the people that are serving in kids' church right now and in the nurseries and in the preschool classes. God, we thank you for the opportunity we have to experience the community that we have here. It's such a blessing. God, we know that you're going to do something huge today. We know that you want to do something huge in our hearts and in our lives. God, I pray that you. We, we just invite you here. I pray that you'd soften our hearts and you'd open our minds. You'd make us receptive to you. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said... Amen. Okay, so here's what I want to do. I want to introduce you guys to a word. It's a Greek word. It's a Koine Greek word. So Koine Greek, how many of you guys know what Koine Greek is? A few of you? Okay, me and Bob. Awesome. So Koine Greek is uh, the original language of the New Testament. Some of it's written in Latin and there's some Aramaic and things like that. But Koine Greek is the primary language in which the New Testament was originally written. Koine Greek is also a dead language meaning it's no longer, like, used anymore. They don't, no one, it's not like a common language of any nationality or any region or anything like that. So that's why when you hear people studying the New Testament and studying the Bible and someone can read one verse and they can take two completely different things from it, there's a lot of nuances to this language that we don't have access to because it's a dead language from, like, 1,000 years ago, right? So it's, it's hard for us to really know and contextualize. So what we have to do is go back to the first century culture and take words from the context of the culture to sort of define what the word actually means so that we can understand what the Bible is telling us. That's why, it's, that's why you get so many different beliefs and different thoughts on different passages and things like that, right? Well, there's this Koine Greek word that I want to share with you today that's used 17 times in the New Testament. It's a Koine Greek word that is pronounced koinonia. Okay? I want you guys to say it with me. Ready? I'll say it again. It's koinonia. Ready? Koinonia. Right. Right. That was good. I want to hear that again, okay? Koinonia. Okay, the first time was better. Not going to lie. That was like. All right, ready? Let's do it together. Ready? Koinonia. Man, that was better than the second time, but not as good as the first. I should have just stopped at the first one. You You guys were on point that first time. Koinonia. Koinonia, it literally means joint participation. Joint participation. If we were to take koinonia and put it into our modern context and our modern language, koinonia would mean community. It would mean fellowship. It would mean relationship. Okay? And so I remember when I got to Bible college, one of the first assignments uh, that my professors gave to me, they said, okay, I want you to go in the Bible, and if you can find this phrase in the Bible, I'll give you an A in the class. You don't have to do any of the other papers, any of the other assignments. We were like, oh, you better believe I'm about to find that junk in the Bible, Right? He says, I want you to find the term personal relationship with God in the Bible. Well, it's not there. That's not there. Nowhere in the Bible does it say to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Nowhere does it say to have a personal relationship with God. You know, that's a that's a Christian thing. That's like a modern day thing. But if there were a word that described a personal relationship with Jesus, a personal relationship with God, a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, it would be this word, koinonia. It's this idea of fellowship, of community, of relationship. And so what I want to do is I want to look at four of the times that it's used in the New Testament to sort of paint a picture of what this looks like for us, of what this community and relationship and, and, and sort of uh, fellowship looks like for us as Christ followers. And so the first passage I want to look at is in 1 John chapter 1, verse 3. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you have it on your phone or your tablet or whatever, uh, it's also up. Look at Carmen up here with her hard copy Bible. How great is that? Does anybody else have a Bible in here, like an actual Bible? Okay, back here in the back. I love it. I, lo- I don't even have mine, and I'm up here preaching. That's terrible. I usually do, though. I usually do. No judgment, okay? All right. So, 1 John chapter 1, kudos to you two with the, the, hard, the hard copy Bible, Bibles. I love that. Um, 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, and it talks about fellowship with God. It says this We are telling you about what we ourselves have actually seen and heard, so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. So John here is writing to Christians. His intended audience is Christians. And he's not only talking about salvation here. Because easily we could look at this passage and say, oh, fellowship with the Father. That means like, like I'm saved, right? I'm, I'm saved. I have a, you know, Jesus, please come into my heart. I love you. Amen. Right? And so we think, okay, cool, now I have fellowship with God. But no, the word that's used here is koinonia with the Father. This is talking about real, authentic relationship with God. Relationship with God. Not just like an idea of God. Not just like, oh, I follow the rules so God doesn't smite me kind of deal, right? Or, oh, I go visit God's house on a Sunday morning and then I go back to my life and then I go visit him again on a Sunday and then I go back to my This is talking about koinonia with God the Father, to operate within God's design for our lives. It's more than just salvation. It's more than just placing your trust in Jesus. It's more than just accepting the sacrifice that he made for us. It's this koinonia piece. And so John was telling the believers, he was saying, listen, man, uh, our, our koinonia is with the Father. Having this relationship, this authentic relationship with the Father. The second passage I want to look at is 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. Hang on. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. And this talks about fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It says, May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Again, it's that Greek word koinonia. Koinonia with the Holy Spirit. Spirit. And this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. This is the same Paul that wrote to the church in Galatia that talked about uh, keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, right? We've talked about this a lot here at Central as well. I always reference ludicrous at this point, right? Where it's when I move, you move just like that. When I move, you move just like that. That's our relationship with the Holy Spirit, right? When the Holy Spirit moves, we move. And it's a consistent step and dance with the Holy Spirit. Well, he's saying here in Corinthians, he's saying, and the koinonia of the Holy Spirit be with you all. You should all have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, community with the Holy Spirit, fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And then in the same letter, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9, Paul references this koinonia again in fellowship with Jesus. He says, God will surely do this for you, for he always does just what he says. And he is the one who invited you into this wonderful friendship with his son. The word friendship there is koinonia with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Community, relationship, fellowship with Jesus. These three passages, they come together and they paint a picture of the relationship that we should have with the fullness of God. With God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, there should be a koinonia relationship between us and them. Between us and in God, there should be a relationship, a community, a fellowship that takes place with every aspect of who God is. Listen, our top relational priority should be God. Our top relational priority should be God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Every aspect of who God is, we should be in community Relationship and fellowship. Community, relationship, and fellowship with God in everything. Having to do with everything, everywhere we go. Everything that we're becoming, everything we're involved in. We should, our top relational priority should be God. And when we focus on our relationship with God, it changes everything about what's happening down here. When we're we're plugged in and tuned into our relationship with God, it changes everything with what happens down here. And that's exactly what Rich talked about in week one. That when we encounter God, the appropriate response is that we respond to him in everything. And I talked about it last week. When we see people the way Jesus sees people, when we see people the way God sees people, it should change the way that we see people. It should change everything about us. The same thing is true here. If we are in relationship with God... It should change everything about the way we do relationships with people here. It should change everything. It should look totally different. It should redefine the way that we are relationally connected to people. If we are relationally connected to God. It should change our whole worldview, our whole perspective. The fourth passage I want to look at is Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And this is an insight, sort of a snapshot into the first century church. Right? This is a snapshot of like, the first believers that kind of came together and, and were the way. These were the ones that were going out and they were baptizing people and bringing them into the church and bringing them into the faith family for the first time. Like Some of the leaders of this, of this faith family walked the earth while Jesus walked the earth. So if anyone's going to get it right, it's probably going to be these guys. Right? It's probably going to be this group of people. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, They joined with the other believers and devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship. Sharing in the Lord's Supper and prayer. That word fellowship, again, is the Greek word koinonia. They shared in this koinonia. God's design for humanity, especially within the church, God's design for humanity, but especially within the church, is koinonia with each other. God's design is not for us to be fighting with each other all the time. God's design is not for us to be polarized and to be segregated and separated and and anti-this, anti-that, anti-everything. God's design is for us to have koinonia with one another, to have community and fellowship and relationship. That's where we get this modern-day terminology, doing life together. If If you visited a church from like 2002 to 2010, I promise you their catchphrase was, doing life together right, in, the, in the, the more you know font, you know the shooting star, the more you know, they would have like something community church, because every church in the early 2000s was a community church, right, something community, let's say grace community church, doing life together, right, have you guys seen that before, that's where this whole concept comes from, this whole idea of doing life together, it's this koinonia with one another, it's this relationship, this fellowship, this community that we can share with one another, Because here's the deal, our top relational priority should be God, but God's design for us is to also to do life together. God's design for us is to do life together. And so this church, this this faith community, is very intentional about the terminology we use. Central, we always call ourselves a faith community. We very rarely use the word church to describe our body. We call ourselves a faith community. This is on purpose, and we say this all the time, because faith is super important. But community is also super important. And if you have faith without the community aspect, you're missing it. And if you have community without the faith aspect, you're missing it. It's both and. It's not an either or. And so we use faith community all the time because we aim to be a community rather than just a church. We don't want this to be a building that you visit on a Sunday and then go back and do your own thing. And then a bunch of people come together on a Sunday and then you go back and do your own thing right? That, that's, that's not the goal here. That's not the purpose here. That's not the mission here. The idea here is to be a community rather than a church. The goal is for us to know each other, for us to care about each other, for us to make fun of Kalik when the Rams don't win the Super Bowl, right? That's part of it, to poke fun at Kayla because State got stomped last night, and she's a big Sparty fan, right? To, but to know those things about each other, not just be a place to go, you know Khaliq's know child and when she's in the hospital and she's, she's not feeling well, to go visit them and to pray with them and say, oh, we got you. You're not by yourself. We're holding you up. We're in this together. We're not trying to be a church. We're trying to be a community. We're trying to know each other's kids' names and what they're into. You know, When someone's dog gets sick, so we want to pray for their dog. It's a little weird, I know, but we do that. You know, Because that's a big deal to some people. Their fur babies are like they're real babies, and I get it. I don't get it. I hate my dogs. But, but I understand if you love yours, okay? My wife duped me into buying my dogs, okay? But, but that's the kind of people we want to be. That's the kind of place we want to be. If you're ever going to have a baby, you need to join this church and then have the baby, okay? Because we bring some serious meals your way for the whole next whatever, and they are fire. My wife makes a chicken, a ch- chicken pot pie. Lord, have mercy. Unbelievable. If you have a baby, you will try it, and you will love it. And you will understand what's going on here, okay? You'll you'll get it real quick, real quick. But we aim, listen, we aim to be a community, not just a church, because we believe that God has called us to this koinonia relationship with one another. We aim to live God's design of koinonia here with each other, okay? So when we talk about this idea of redefine, when we talk about this idea of, of redefining community and all that, we're talking that every single aspect of our relationships should be viewed through the lens of our relationship with God. That all of our relationships, interpersonal relationships that we have with each other, should be viewed through the lens of God and our relationship with God. Koinonia with God should result in koinonia with other people. Fellowship, relationship and community. And so redefine is one of the pillars of our mission. And so I asked this question in first service, and I was shocked by the response. And I wish Carmen was in here for that because I want to say 90% of the people raised their hand, and I was like, success! Here's my question. How many of you have been through CC 101? Just go ahead and raise your hand. Okay, That's that's not bad. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's awesome. I'm telling you, in first service, it was like almost everybody. I was like, this is incredible. So in CC101, you know, we've, we, we drove these points home, right? The respond, relate, redefine, remake, respond, relate, redefine, remake. And so there's a diagram. Tim, if you want to go ahead and throw it out there. There's a diagram that we cover in CC101. Those of you who have been through it, you kind of, you've seen this, you understand it a little bit. Those of you who haven't, you're like, uh, what? That uh, huh? Looks like a jumbled mess. But here's the deal. We have our four pillars outlined in this diagram. If you look, there's like an arrow pointing west. And on the top one it says response to Christ, that's respond, right? The second level is relationship, which is love your neighbor and ministry, which is relate, right, that we talked about last week. The third level down is redefine, which is a new you baptism community. And then the bottom is remake, which is a process being made new in discipleship. And so this is our one step closer model. If you haven't taken CC101, you need to take CC101 because it shows how we're intentional at every phase of the game. We're intentional at every area of our church to move people one step closer to becoming a fully devoted follower of Christ, okay? So if you'll look in that third column really quick uh, for redefine, the first word that's bold on the bottom down here says visitor. Our goal as a church is to move people from entering this building as a visitor And then all the way on the right side of it, it says to oneness. Our goal is to move people from a visitor, checking this place out, checking out what God is about, checking out what this faith community is about, whatever, moving them from there to oneness with the other people in this community that are saying, yo, these are my people. This is my clique. This is my posse. These are my crew. They know my kids. I know their kids. We do life together. These are the people that when you're sick, you call them to come visit you. These are the people that if you need someone to pick up your kid from school, you trust them to go pick up your kid from school. They know your birthday. They know your anniversary. They know your life. They know where you live. You've had them over for dinner. You go see a movie. You call these people. That's what we're trying to create here, a community of people who are pointing people, pointing each other toward Jesus, right? That's the idea. And so we're super intentional about that. It's one of the main things that we focus on here as a church because our goal as a faith community is for you to experience koinonia with God and koinonia with people. And your koinonia with people is through the lens of your koinonia with God. Pointing people to God, relationship, fellowship, and community with God. And then experiencing relationship, fellowship, and community with each other. Vitally important. Vitally important. A both and, not an either or. And so if you're in here this morning and you're hearing this, I think there's two questions that you need to ask yourself. There's two questions that you need to sort of look introspectively and say, okay, where am I at in this? The first question I think you need to ask yourself is, do you experience koinonia with God? Do you experience relationship with and fellowship, and community with God, with God the Father, right? Do you have community with God? Is God part of your life? Do you do life with God? The decisions that you make, the questions that you have, the successes, the struggles, is God part of that? Is God in that, or is God, like I said, something you visit once a week and compartmentalized And oh yeah, that's my church life, that's my church world, or do you actually have koinonia, community with God? Do you have fellowship with God? Do you enjoy God? Do you realize that it's not just this dude up there with lightning bolts looking to strike you down when you mess up? Right? Up there with the, the book of life. Say, oop, oop, that, mm-mm, I'm writing that one down. Do you realize that there can be joy in your relationship with God? That there can be en- in enjoyment, there can be leisure, there can be relaxation, there can be fulfillment in your relationship with God, in your fellowship with God, through prayer and through worship and through reading the word and through hanging out with one another and just resting in God. Did you know you don't even have to come with any sort of rituals or pre- pre- pre-planned ideas and you can just be like, hey, God. <sighs> and he's like, yeah, I got you. Yeah. Do you experience that fellowship? Do you experience relationship with God? This, this communication with God. Did you know that communication doesn't have to be, Dear Holy Heavenly Father, I come before you to bless my meal? Like, do you realize that you can actually talk to God? You can be pissed off at God and you can share that? Be like, dude, I'm not feeling this. What's going on? Where are you at? How's this coming along? What's up? Like, you can have those conversations with God. Do you have relationship with God? Do you cultivate that relationship with God? Ask yourself, do you experience koinonia with God? Do you experience relationship with Jesus? Do you try to approach everything in your life through the lens of Jesus? You know, Do you see people like Jesus sees people? Do you treat people like Jesus would treat people? Do you respond to people like Jesus would respond to people? Do you love people like Jesus loved people? because we need to approach everything through the lens of Jesus the words of our mouths the meditations of our hearts the actions of our lives are you experiencing koinonia with god maybe you need to cultivate that maybe you need to cultivate that with god maybe you need to cultivate that with jesus maybe you need to cultivate a relationship your relationship with the holy spirit do you approach life as a dance with the holy spirit when i move you move like, do you approach life that way? Really? Or do you say, yo, I'm moving, catch up! Do you maybe need to cultivate that relationship with the Holy Spirit, being sensitive and receptive to his lead? When he calls you, you say, yeah, all right, but, but that means this, that, and the other, uh, but okay, right? When he says, move, do you move? Or is that something maybe you need to cultivate in your heart? in your life. So the first question, do you experience koinonia with God? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Or do you need to maybe cultivate some of that? Work on some of that. Because that's going to inform this next question. Do you, are you doing life alone? Are you doing life alone? Because that's not God's design. Are you doing life alone? Maybe you need to cultivate koinonia relationships with people who will point you to Jesus. Maybe you need to get some relationships with people that are going to point you to Jesus. Maybe you need a community of people that will impact who you are becoming for the better. Maybe you need to to get in relationship with people that are going to spur you on to be a better person. They're going to spur you on to follow Jesus and place Jesus at the center of everything you are and everything that you do. Maybe that means which this is kind of the crappy part, maybe that means we need to change some of our current practices. Maybe that needs to ch- means we need to change some of the current people that are, we're allowing to influence and speak into our lives. I mean, 2 sec- Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 talks about us not being unequally yoked and allowing these other influences to speak into us and to point us in different directions other than Jesus. So maybe that means some hard conversations. Maybe that means some hard decisions. Maybe that means letting go to free up some space so you can experience koinonia. But I think all of us can kind of do some business with God this morning. I think all of us can take these two questions and sort of evaluate ourselves. Am I experiencing koinonia with God? Am I experiencing koinonia with others? Am I doing life by myself? Am I doing life with people? Like God's called me and designed me. For some of us, that means in these next few minutes, bust out your phone and you text that family that you are supposed to go to lunch with or dinner with 500 times but you keep canceling and making up excuses and your kids keep getting sick so you don't have to go air quotes kids getting sick right just as guilty I get it but maybe it means taking that step out of our comfort zone and saying you know what yeah we're not gonna do life alone we're gonna we're gonna invest in people we're gonna have these relationships and build a community of people maybe that's opening your circle and letting people in it's stepping out and entering into someone else's circle it's a big deal it's scary it's hard but i believe that that's god's best for us is to live in community with one another in koinonia fellowship community and relationship with each other for some of us that's sitting here saying okay all right i gotta make this god thing real it's not just something i go to it needs to be something that's real with me in me through me all around me all the time So we want to give you guys the opportunity to do that. We've created a space, time, here, now, for you to do some business with God. So let's pray together. God. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.